Surat Muhammad. Surat Muhammad is a Madani Surah. Surat Al-Ahqaf was a Makki Surah. And remember that Surat Al-Ahqaf is the last of the Hawamim. Right? The Hawamim are the surahs that begin with Hamim. And all of those surahs are Makki. Right? And that group of surahs ended with Surat Al-Ahqaf. And now after the Hawamim, another group of surahs begins over here. And this group begins with three Madani surahs. Which ones are they? Surah Muhammad, Surah Fath, and Surah Hujurat. And after these Madani surahs, again there are Makki surahs. Alright? Uh, Surat Ahqaf, as I mentioned earlier, was a late Makki surah, and Surah Muhammad is an early Madani surah. Ahqaf was revealed towards the end of the Meccan period, and Surah Muhammad was revealed towards the beginning of the Madani era. In Surah Muhammad, we see two things. Firstly, the importance and necessity of believing in the Prophet ﷺ. As obvious from the name of the surah, Muhammad ﷺ, the surah is named after him. The surah emphasizes the importance, the necessity of believing in him ﷺ. Because the kalima is, La ilaha illallah and Muhammad Rasulullah. So, this is a very important thing we see in the surah. Another thing we see in the surah is the permission and the command for the Muslims to fight back those who had been fighting them. And basically this surah prepared grounds for the battle of Badr. The battle of Badr was the first major battle between the Muslims and the Mushrikeen, right? And so what prepared them for that battle what laid the grounds for that battle, rather what brought them the commands, the rulings, the wisdom behind that battle was all in this surah. Now, before we continue, I want you to look at the surah. When we study the surah, take it as a history lesson. Meaning, we're looking at something in the life of the Prophet ﷺ. Therefore, we cannot ignore the context and we cannot generalize the application. Remember these two things. We cannot overlook, ignore the context. And secondly, we cannot generalize the implementation. Yes, the Qur'an is relevant for all times. Right? However, remember that what is appropriate in one situation is not appropriate in another. What is permissible in one situation is not permissible in another. We are allowed to eat, but when we're fasting, are we allowed to eat? No, we're not. So we cannot say that, oh, in Islam you're allowed to eat, so technically you should be eating all the time. No, you don't do that. There are times for eating and there are times when we don't eat. And it is the job of the fuqaha, of the ulama, of the people of knowledge, the people who have knowledge of the Book of Allah and the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ to derive rulings from the Qur'an and Sunnah and tell us about how to apply them. Alright? Because in the surah we'll be looking at many verses related to fighting and battle. Alright? And we need to understand these verses within the right context and we also have to remember that it is the job of the fuqaha to tell us how and when, in which way, these verses would be applicable in today's time or in any time after the time of the Prophet ﷺ. Alright? However, 
what we must do when we are studying these verses is to focus on personal lessons that we can gain, life lessons that we can extract. Because that is something that can be derived from every single ruling and every single verse. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about something that happened in the past, in the Qur'an, a historical event is mentioned in the Qur'an. Why is that mentioned? For us to learn from, for us to take practical lessons from. So, three things keep in mind when we are studying this surah. First of all, the context. Secondly, realize the application cannot be generalized. And thirdly, our focus, our view, when we're studying verse after verse, should be what? What can I get from this for myself? What lesson, what life lesson can I extract from this for myself in order to improve my relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in order to improve my relationship with people? What can I do to become a better human being? And when it comes to the actual laws pertaining fighting and battle, then remember it's not the job of lay people like us to say that, oh, this is what we have to do and that is what we have to do. All right? بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الذين كفروا those who have disbelieved meaning whose kufr has been established kafaru its past tense meaning these people have shown over and over again that they are not leaving their kufr they are going to continue to deny the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam moreover wasaddu and they also stop obstruct meaning others, عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ from the way of Allah. What is the way of Allah? The religion of Allah. So they obstruct, they hinder people from the religion of Allah. Such people, Allah says, أَضَلَّ أَعْمَالَهُمْ أَضَلَّ Allah has put to waste. He has wasted أَعْمَالَهُمْ their deeds, their works, their efforts. All their work, is put to waste. Why? Because of their kufr and because of their stopping people from the way of Allah. The word alladina is ism mausul. Right? Mausul is from wasl. Wasl is to connect. So basically this word is connected with something that is mentioned previously. But this is the first ayah of the surah. Isn't it? Like for example, in Surah Al-Baqarah we learn, Hudallil muttaqin. That the Qur'an is a guidance for who? The people who have taqwa. Who are the people of taqwa? الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبِ Correct? In Surah Al-Mu'minun, we learn قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ Who are the mu'minun? الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِرُونَ So الَّذِينَ is always coming between two things in the sense that, you know, we see that before الَّذِينَ a concept is mentioned and after الَّذِينَ is elaboration of that concept. So, this means that we have to connect this verse with the verse that comes before it. Now there is no verse before it within the surah. So we have to look at the previous surah. The end of the previous surah. What does Allah say? Balagh. Notification. Meaning the message has been conveyed. فَهَلْ يُهْلَكُ إِلَّا الْفَاسِقُونَ now after the message has been conveyed and the Prophet ﷺ has repeatedly tried and he has spent 13 years warning but if people are not believing and now the messenger has left Makkah and he's done hijrah هَلْ يُهْلَكُ إِلَّا الْفَاسِقُونَ Will any be destroyed except those who are disobedient? Who are those who are disobedient? الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا They are those who have denied 
rejected, disbelieved. In who? In Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And they didn't just deny him, but also, وَصَدُّوا عَنْ سَبِيلِ They kept away from believing. And in addition, they also prevented others from believing. صَدُّوا عَنْ سَبِيلِ Remember the word sadd is used for stopping somebody else, or stopping, meaning keeping away oneself. So saddu an sabilillah, they stop others from the way of Allah. How? By their words, by their efforts, by means of persecution, by verbal and physical abuse. And this is something that had been happening in Makkah all these 13 years. They stop from the way of Allah directly as well as indirectly. They do not let people accept Islam. And those who do accept Islam, they make things difficult for them, so hard for them, that other people don't even think about accepting Islam. So, saddu an sabilillah. And the people of Makkah did this in many ways, by demonizing the Muslims, demonizing the Prophet ﷺ, right? Portraying him as a magician, and someone who had a hidden agenda to basically uh, destroy their society, right? By distorting the facts. People who are coming into Makkah to perform the pilgrimage, before even they enter Makkah, they're warned. Be careful. Don't even listen to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He will do this and this and this. Right? They stopped people from Islam in many ways. False propaganda. Then we see also distorting the message of the Quran. Right? Why? To turn people away from Islam. So that people don't like Islam. They don't like it. Just the thought of Islam, the appearance of a Muslim makes them uncomfortable. This is something that happened in the life of the Prophet ﷺ more than it happened at any other time. So, الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا وَصَدُّوا عَنْ سَبِيلِ Allah says, worry not. Because أَضَلَّ أَعْمَالَهُمْ Allah will put all their deeds to waste. أَضَلَّ From إِضْلَال What does إِضْلَال mean? When something gets lost. Right? Like for example, the word is also used for misguidance. Going astray. That a person goes out in order to reach a certain destination, but he goes in the wrong direction, so he's astray. He's never going to reach the destination. He's lost. This is adalla. He's lost. It is lost. It's never going to reach the intended goal. When a person is doing something, right, he has some goal in mind. So these people whose goal is to destroy Islam, whose goal is to ruin the image of Islam, of the Prophet ﷺ, what does Allah say? أَضَلَّ Don't become afraid of their efforts, of their work, because Allah is going to destroy all of their efforts. أَضَلَّ So don't be afraid. Be confident and carry on. أَعْمَال, plural of the word amal. What does it mean by amal over here? Their deeds. Their deeds can be understood in Two ways. Firstly, their righteous deeds. You see the mushrikeen of Makkah, the Arabs. Yes, they committed idolatry. Yes, they committed fornication and many other sins. But at the same time, they had some, you know, good qualities within them also. Like for example, truthfulness, honesty, was a big deal in that society. I mean, an honorable, a noble person would not lie. It just didn't befit a noble person to lie. If you lied, your status went from here to here. You just dropped in the eyes of people. That's it. You had no value left. Honesty. 
right? Likewise, we see within them, they also had, you could say, protectiveness for their people, for their tribe, for their relatives, that they would do anything in order to protect their people. This is also a very noble quality, right? That a person is not selfish, he's concerned about the larger group, right? So, likewise, we see that the people of Makkah in particular, who were they? They were custodians of the Kaaba, right? They were the caretakers of Masjid al-Haram. They were the hosts of the pilgrims. And because of this, the Quraysh, the people of Mecca, they held a very, very noble position within Arabia. And this was something that was further established when the army of Abraha was destroyed. Remember the army of Abraha? How those people came to destroy the Kaaba basically. And the people of Mecca, they basically had nothing to fight the elephants with and to fight that huge army with. So they retreated to the mountains. And what happened? Divine help. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent flocks and flocks of birds, right, with those pebbles. And because of that, huge army was destroyed. So with this incident, you know, the superiority of the people of Mecca was well established. Their religiosity was well established. They were known as the friends of Allah. Why? Because look, Allah helped them. These people are the caretakers of the Kaaba. You understand? So religiously, the people of Mecca held a very noble position. But when they rejected the Prophet ﷺ, what does Allah say? Whatever good deeds, righteous deeds these people have been performing, even looking after the Kaaba, generosity to the pilgrims, any acts of charity, Whatever it is that they've been doing, it's wasted. It's wasted. Why is it wasted? Because of their disbelief in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Secondly, our mal over here can be understood as their actions, their efforts to stop people from the religion of Allah. So for example, they're spreading lies about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They're making fun of the Qur'an. They're not giving any protection to the Prophet ﷺ, so he couldn't even you know, live in Mecca in peace, in safety. This was all the efforts they were putting in to stop the religion of Allah, to stop Islam. Allah says it's wasted. How is it wasted? Because the Prophet ﷺ left Mecca, went to Medina. Right? They couldn't take his life away. So many Muslims, they left Mecca, they were happy in Abyssinia, and they were happy in Medina. They were practicing Islam freely. They were in a much better place. Right? So all those people who had been trying to harm them and trying to stop them, what happened to all their efforts? Wasted. So what does this teach us? What's the lesson in this for us? What's the lesson? Anytime we hear something false, spreading about Islam, we should be concerned to speak up to defend our religion, but at the same time we should not become weak and disheartened that this is over. It's not over. It's not over. Allah is glorious and His religion is glorious. And it will always be glorious. His book is glorious. And He will ensure that it remains glorious. So, أَضَلَّ أَعْمَالَهُمْ 
وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا And those people who believe وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ And they also do righteous deeds. وَآمَنُوا And they believe بِمَا In that which نُزِّلَ It was sent down عَلَى مُحَمَّدٍ Upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Notice over here, those who believe and do righteous deeds, and they believe in what was revealed on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Belief is mentioned twice. First, in the general sense, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا And then, specifically, they believe in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Notice, it hasn't been said, the Prophet of Allah, the Messenger of Allah. His name has been mentioned. What does this show? More specification. It is a must, it is a necessity to believe in Muhammad wasallam. So they believe in whatever that was revealed to him. The Qur'an and also the other teachings that Allah gave him. وَهُوَ الْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّهِمْ And it is the truth from their Lord. What is the truth from their Lord? That which has been revealed on the Prophet ﷺ, meaning the Qur'an. So such people, what will happen to them? What will happen to their efforts? Allah says, كَفَّرَ عَنْهُمْ سَيِّئَاتِهِمْ Their sayyiat, their evils, Allah will kafara anhum. Kafara kafara. You see? Kafara literally is to cover. And kafara is to wipe out. Because when something is covered, it's hidden. You don't see it. It's not known anymore. Alright? But kafara, there's greater emphasis. It means to obliterate, to wipe out. So it doesn't exist anymore. Kafara anhum sayyiatihim. Allah will remove from them their sayyiat. What are sayyiat? Evils. Understood in two ways. Firstly, sins. Meaning whatever sins they've been committing. Because as human beings, of course, everybody makes mistakes. So Allah will erase their mistakes. Allah will erase their errors. Why? Because of their iman. Secondly, sayyiat over here can also refer to bad actions as in bad habits, bad qualities, bad traits, evil traits. I think everybody has some of them. I mean, if we really analyze ourselves, we do have certain very nasty qualities or traits within ourselves. Whether it is that we are very short-tempered or we become very rude when we're angry or we become very impatient, we think negatively about others, we become selfish or we feel jealous, whatever it may be. Allah says, كَفَّرَانْهُمْ سَيِّئَاتِهِمْ Because of their iman and their striving, Allah will remove those bad habits from them. And this is true. When a person strives in the way of Allah, then with time, his bad habits even go away. And I think a very easy way of understanding this is that someone who's addicted to alcohol, is it easy for them to give up alcohol? Is it easy? No. Someone who's used to committing zina, not just once, twice, it's a way of life. Would it be easy for them to limit themselves just to their marriage? Technically, it would be difficult. But look at what happened at the time of the Prophet ﷺ. So many people were addicted to alcohol. Addicted. They would drink so much, they would get so high, and they would do that on purpose 
in order to give in charity, in order to do things that they wouldn't otherwise do in their right mind. Right? Exactly. So for example, if somebody really wanted to give, you know, let's say a, a whole lot of camels in charity, because they want to show that, wow, you know, I'm so generous. So you can't do that when you're fully conscious, when you're in your right mind. Because after one camel, you'd think, you know, khalas, that's enough. So they would drink and drink and get intoxicated and then have all their camels in front of them and go with their weapons or whatever and then slaughter them. This is what the Arabs would do. Imagine. This is how alcohol was a part of their lives. What happened? What happened with Iman and Amal Salih? What happened to that alcohol? It went away. What happened to that zina? It went away. What happened to so many bad habits? They went away. And this is the blessing of Iman. This is the blessing of Iman. I mean, think about fasting. right? Fasting in the month of Ramadan also. Because of fasting, so many extra useless things, they get eliminated from our lives. Right? Because, you know, when you have a limited amount of energy and you have to fast all day and then you have to pray some in the night also, then you only do what is most essential. You're not gonna randomly go to the mall just to see what's new. You're not gonna do that. You'd rather keep that energy for taraweeh. Isn't it? So, this is the blessing of Iman and Amal Salih. That because of Iman and Amal Salih, a person is able to or rather, Allah gives him the ability to get rid of sayyat. Bad habits, bad traits that were a big part of a person's life, that he couldn't even think of leaving. What happens? They become history. Because of Islam, because of Iman, these bad habits, they become history. وَأَصْلَحَ بَالَهُمْ أَصْلَحَ And he has amended, he has corrected Balahum their condition. The word Balahum from the root letter is Ba Wow Lam. Bal is basically used for present situation or circumstance. So the current situation that a person is in. Fama Balul Kurunil Ula. Right? Ma Balun Niswati. What is the condition of the women who cut their hands? Remember Yusuf Alayhi He asked when he was told that he could come out of the prison, he asked that what is the present state of the women who cut their fingers? Meaning, what do they say right now? You understand? What is their position right now? Where are they right now? What's going on right now? What are they going to say now about me? So, وَأَصْلَحَ بَالَهُمْ Allah says that He will amend their condition. The condition of who? Of those who believe. That even though things have been very tough, things are very difficult, but Allah will correct their situation for them. He will improve their circumstances for them. What do we see in this ayah? The importance of believing in the Prophet wasallam, Because that's a condition. Without it, sins are not erased. Without it, condition is not improved. So it is necessary that a person must believe in the Prophet ﷺ and part of believing in him is آمَنُوا بِمَا نُزِّلَ عَلَى Muhammad, Believing in everything that was revealed to him. A hadith in Abu Dawood, we learned the Prophet ﷺ said, Beware, I have been given the Qur'an and something like it. 
Meaning, yes, the Qur'an, that is recited. But in addition to that, other teachings also which are not recited. Like for example, how to pray. Do you find that anywhere in the Qur'an? The method of praying? We learn about the fear prayer, right? But not the general salah. The Prophet ﷺ also said that whatever I tell you is from Allah. There is no doubt in it. Meaning just as when the Qur'an is recited and you believe in it, you say, لا ريبفي. This is, you know, we accept it. When we learn something that the Prophet ﷺ has said and its authenticity is established, then should we have doubt in it? Should we have doubt in it? No. Just as we don't have doubt in the words of the Qur'an, we should not have doubt in the words of the Prophet ﷺ. ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا That is because those people who disbelieve, those who have denied the Prophet ﷺ, what are they doing? اِتَّبَعُوا الْبَاطِلَ They, اِتَّبَعُوا الْبَاطِلَ They have followed falsehood. When they're denying the Prophet ﷺ, what are they following? What are they upon? Falsehood. باطل And what is that باطل? Could be shirk. Could be their baseless beliefs, their false beliefs. And on the other hand, those people who believe, what are they doing? They have followed the truth from their Lord. One group is upon falsehood. And the other group is following the truth from their Lord. So then why should their results be the same? They're not going to be the same. Those who deny and oppose, their result will be different. And those who believe and follow the truth from Allah, then their result will be different. كَذَلِكَ يَضْرِبُ اللَّهُ Thus does Allah present لِلنَّاسِ for the people أَمْثَالَهُمْ Their comparisons. أَمْثَال is a plural of the word مَثَل. What does مَثَل mean? Example. Their examples. Meaning this example is given, rather this description is given. This contrast is made between those who believe and those who do not. Why? So that people understand. People reflect. They stop and think that what group do I fall in? What am I doing? In my actions, in my ways. Am I stopping people from the way of Allah or am I calling people to the way of Allah? Directly or indirectly. In my actions, in my life, what am I following? What am I pursuing? My actions are based on what? Falsehood? Or that which Allah has revealed. That which Allah has revealed. Because you see, many times we start doing things because we see people doing them. You know, we imitate other people's behaviors. Right? We see a certain group of people behaving in a certain way, we adopt the same behavior. But a mu'min lives consciously. He thinks, what is this based upon? For him, the criteria is, اِتَّبَعُوا الْحَقَّ مِنْ رَبِّهِمْ الْحَقَّ Is this based on truth from Allah? Meaning something that has been given by Allah? Is it based on the Qur'an and Sunnah? Or is it based on people's whims and their desires? كَذَلِكَ يَضْرِبُ اللَّهُ لِلنَّاسِ أَمْثَالَهُمْ In Surah Qalam, Ayah 35, Allah says, أَفَنَجْعَلُ الْمُسْلِمِينَ كَالْمُجْرِمِينَ مَا لَكُمْ كَيْفَ تَحْكُمُونَ Should we make those who surrender to Allah like those who are criminals? What is the matter with you? How are you judging? In Surah Sa'd, Ayah 28, Allah says, أَمْ نَجْعَلُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ كَالْمُفْسِدِينَ فِي الْأَرْضِ 
Should we make those people who believe and do righteous deeds like those who spread corruption in the earth? Should they be made the same? No. In Surah Hashr, Ayah 20, Allah says, لَا يَسْتَوِي أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ وَأَصْحَابُ الْجَنَّةِ The people of fire and the people of paradise are not the same. أَصْحَابُ الْجَنَّةِ هُمُ الْفَائِزُونَ It's the people of Jannah who will be successful. Recitation. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الذين كفروا وصدوا عن سبيل الله أضل أعمالهم والذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وآمنوا بما نزل على محمد وهو الحق من ربهم كفر عنهم سيئاتهم وأصلح بالهم ذلك بأن الذين كفروا اتبعوا الباطل وأن الذين آمنوا اتبعوا الحق من ربهم كذلك يضرب الله للناس أمثالهم